Hey guys, Andrew Dowling here and Mitch Kurtz. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Ultimate Podcast. Make sure to hit like and subscribe because we've got heaps more content coming out and it's really fun and great and we love it all. Also very good. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Ultimate Podcast. Great to have you with us as always. If you like what we do, please remember to hit like and subscribe. With me as always, my co-host, Mitch Kurtz. Mitch, you're looking pretty fresh. Um, Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. <laughs> and we are absolutely thrilled. We have um, some some Melbourne royalty with us uh, today recording. We've, we have um, from Levin Health, the managing director, Mark Brayshaw, and the coach of the Richmond Football Club, Damien Hardwick. Sticks, Dimmer, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure, guys. How are we? Very well. Very well. Um, look, we know that Levin Health has, um, yeah, has had a, a few AFL coaches um, that it's been associated with. Um, Dimmer, we first, I think, saw your name associated with, with medicinal cannabis midway through last year. I read a, a couple of reports, but perhaps we can kick off with you just talking through your own journey with um with medical cannabis yeah it was a uh i sort of stumbled upon it at, at, at a certain stage obviously i'd through my uh professional career had been heavily involved with anti-inflammatories and um you know towards the back end of my career probably had a heavy reliance on those but but sort of became you know like most people that rely on them enormously your, your stomach sort of ceases to, to function properly you know with a heavy use so then, obviously, over the course of time with my my coaching career, I uh, managed to get sore and sore. I had significant lower back pain, which was probably brought about by a mountain biking accident where my uh, ambitions got certainly mixed up with my ability. <laughs> um, and I got referred to a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. James Stewart that um, sort of went through a, uh, a really thorough process to sort of put me on a recommendation of, of pain management and was the first time I was introduced to the uh, medicinal marijuana, which, um, look, if I'm being completely honest, has been a game changer for me. It's been life-changing um, in more ways than, than pain management. It's also been a, a big one with uh, stress reduction and, and, you know, my focus has increased as well, which is certainly a benefit to my um, my personal, but but more importantly, my professional life also. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, when Dr. Stewart or Jim first uh, had you in for the consult, did you sort of think you were going in there potentially going to get opioid therapy or something and he's presented cannabis to you? Did it throw you a little bit? Yeah, no doubt. Um, look, I was probably, you know, like like most people that was when I sort of thought initially initially of uh, medicinal cannabis, I'm thinking about guys, you know, with Bob Marley type hair and, and those sort of things. But and probably the one of the biggest benefits of, of me and Levin Health and the sports um, advisory committee is is just raising the awareness of the product itself and sort of getting away with the stigma that's associated with it like it's completely legal and you know as I said I went through a really thorough process with with Dr James I don't know why I call him Dr James it's just Dr James to me yeah it's funny like <laughs> we do the same yeah. Dr James is ridiculous um but then when he sort of suggested this this recommended treatment, I was it sort of raised my awareness of it and I did a bit of research and, and went away and like I said, it's been a real game changer for me, um, both from a from a pain management, but also from a performance point of view as well. Which uh, my focus and and management of my stress in in one of the more stressful occupations uh, in the country has been, yeah. uh, been incredibly beneficial. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I'm just wondering, you know, did, did you, you cop a bit from the boys when you uh, first got on? I can imagine that would be uh, kind of the situation, you know, oh, yeah, he's going to toke on a few of the, you know, that kind yeah. of situation. Yeah, that, there, was uh, a, there was a few gags and, and you know, once again, players like like most people are probably unaware of that it's actually just in a liquid form that you place, you know, or, you take orally. And, you know, they thought during the game I'd be up in the back smoking a few cones out the, the back before, <laughs> before giving them a verbal barrage at quarter time and half time. But, um, you know, it's amazing the, the amount of conversations you now have and a lot of referrals I've sort of spoken to people about that are, that are in significant pain, not, not only yeah. players, but more importantly, you know, their family members that, that we've sort of started to direct down this path, which is, um, you know, in, improved awareness, but also um, improve their quality of life also. And so is it, t- tell us about um, if, if you're happy to speak about it, whether it's just uh, CBD or if you're also hitting uh, Brayshaw's blunt. Yeah. <laughs> <I>, um, <laughs> I am traditionally CBD once a day, but um, what I have tended to do, obviously, as I said, the, the stress of the job can become yeah. quite overwhelming. So I have started to, to take THC at various stages, um, in particular when I'm not feeling, I'm feeling quite anxious and it, it does quite settle me down just before I go to bed. And the other one is um, generally after night games, you know, when you, mm. you're sort of and I, I want to take it down and I want to get some sleep before I got to go back to work the other day. And I found it incredibly beneficial. You know, it does help me sleep, um, but it does decrease my anxiety levels, which is uh, which is also really important, which then allows me to perform and get back to my best mm, quick. Interesting. And I, I imagine it's, it's actually an interesting question to ask somebody who's, you know, a, a sports person. Do you feel like a lot of people talk about the concern around maybe having, you know, a hangover equivalent the next day. And I, I'd expect that a, a sports person would would experience that to another level because they can actually judge their performance um, the next day. Do you think there would be that kind of impediment um, going forward, you know, if, if you were taking more THC, let's say? Well, what, what I did do is, like, like I said once again with, with Dr. James, as I, mm. as I call him again, you know, I, I spoke to him about it at length and it was a bit of a trial and error about, you know, the dosage level and, and that working for me. And I've got, I know what dosage works for me now, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. I started off at a really low amount and just increased it to the level that I got, you know, the best performance for myself. So um, I think with the right people around you and the right understanding of the people that are that are recommending the the treatment you'll uh, you'll certainly get the the right result from it mm. yeah definitely. so what about the um i guess i'm just curious because i know um yeah it's with the referral to to dr jim but what about the um the club doctors at richmond i know their focus is on player performance but do you think there's uh, you know when you're speaking to them i'm not sure if you have about it is there an awareness or growing awareness even among club doctors around um, the role that that you know different compounds within cannabis may may play therapeutically. Yeah, ab- absolutely. But once again, it's probably still scratching the surface with regard to that. But the the, the great thing is, you know, Lauren Jackson's such an incredible example, and there's been some other players that have just recently retired as well. But you know, Lauren obviously has had the the therapeutic use exemption, and I think that is something. You know, and, and trust me, I've been down the anti-inflammatory path and I know how unsustainable it is. But, you know, with that therapeutic use exemption, it, it could be a real game changer for AFL footy, especially players towards the back end of their career that are dealing with, 
you know, crippling injury. And, and a guy, for example, that comes to mind is, you know, a, a gentleman that was a terrific player for us, Kane Lambert, that was cruel by injury mm-hmm. in the end. And, you know, he unfortunately didn't have the option to, to take it or, you know, the procedure to work through to give himself an opportunity. But I'd imagine that with Lauren and the understanding, and I'm pretty sure there's studies in place now that are going to open up these doors that are going to allow really, really good players and people to play for a longer period of time, which is which is great for the game of AFL footy and great for sport in general. Well, talk so, us. Sorry, I just, just want to unpack the, uh, I guess, what happens to a, an elite athlete toward the end. Um, you, you finished up your, your playing days at, at Port. What was it like in the last sort of few seasons? Like, I guess, you know, that routine that you go through of anti-inflammatory, do, do you, be, does it just begin to not, you know, actually give you any yeah. efficacy? Is that sort of how it works? Yeah, it does. And the dosage increases, which obviously has a bit of impact on your, your internal mechanisms yeah. and um, it just becomes unsustainable. Um, you know, when I, I sort of, and the, the fact is athletes will, will, want to play the game you know I, I loved it and wanted to play for as long as I can but the fact of the matter is you know one age catches up with you but but obviously it's such a brutal game as as AFL football and rugby and basketball are you're sort of going against the the tide with your body so um you know the the great thing that I like about you know medicinal marijuana is the fact that it is a natural product so you know it is generally something that will be beneficial not I shouldn't say beneficial, but you're putting something in your body that's plant-based, if that makes sense, and it's got some benefits with that. So um, I sort of think more players that get towards the back end of their career, career, if we can go down this path, it'll be incredibly uh, beneficial for those players. And do you think there's a place maybe in the future once some of those, uh, that stigma changes, I guess, could you see a place for cannabis or medical cannabis in, you know, in the season? basically like in the earlier parts of the career as well like do you do you think there's ever a, a place maybe cbd maybe thc i mean i tend not to think of it as a performance enhancing drug but yeah. but you, you know you've got a better insight to that yeah and i think uh now sticks might be able to correct me here if i'm, I'm wrong because he's done bugger all on the show thus far so he might be able to- <laughs> we'll bring him in yeah but but it, I'm pretty sure there's been studies done with regard to the uh, so the CBD that the performance enhancing aspect is not as beneficial as some may have suggested. Sticks, you might have more knowledge on that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about the studies, but I've heard Peter Bruckner. So Peter Bruckner's doing some research for us. Um, really, a world famous uh, sports scientist and a sports doctor, and been at uh, several AFL clubs and the Olympics and uh, Liverpool. Australian cricket team, I've heard him say, in his opinion, medicinal cannabis is performance diminishing rather than performance enhancing. Mm. And so Dim has already spoken about Lauren. I mean, Lauren um, got made a comeback on the basis of the of the pain being much more manageable and a lot, lot, hell of a lot of hard work, by the way. I mean, she, she had to get back into shape and so forth. But eventually she submitted herself to the mercy of the authorities. And there is no way um, that, that they would have allowed her to uh, take medicinal cannabis and play in the world championships if it was performance enhancing. So yeah. I agree with uh, Dimmer's point earlier. Um, and and there is no doubt in my mind that in the near term, uh, therapeutic use exemptions will be um, applied for by athletes just like Lauren in uh, in other sports, including AFL footy. Um, if I think if Australia uh, Australian sport has already set the the, um, the the precedent with Lauren, I just can't see any reason why somebody who's got chronic pain 
um, and is taking opioids, for example, or maybe anti-inflammatories, um, wouldn't be able to get a TUE. I, I don't understand why it wouldn't happen. And in actual fact, I, I think I'm pretty confident it will. And listening to Peter Bruckner, um, I'm not surprised Lauren got it because in his very professional opinion, it's performance diminishing rather than performance enhancing. Yeah, well, well I think it's, um, I'm wrong. It was it was removed by the uh, from by USADA in the prohibited. Um, well, but yeah, exactly. I was going to say it's it's been taken off Wada's lit. The CBD yeah, the problem is the THC. That's the, the the THC. So what normally happens is if you get CBD isolate, two things. Okay, this is uh, the the concern of the sport is there's a trace of THC. Yeah. Um, and everybody's very very frightened about um you know, putting an athlete in harm, harm's way by having an absolute tiny minuscule trace of THC. So I think that's, yes, CBD on its own, um, but it's not as efficacious in many people's minds without a yes. bit of THC. So um, Lauren's, uh, Lauren's TUE allowed her to take CBD with a trace of THC in it. Um, and I think that's, that, that's really interesting and, and, and where that leads is, is fascinating. Yeah, that is very interesting. I'm just wondering, you know, obviously, Damien's across um, the, you know, uh, on board with it, let's say, and, and some of the other uh, representatives you have are obviously on board. But do you get met still with a bit of the, that old school thinking by some other professionals in the industry that are just like, nah, you, you're actually, you've cooked it. You, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, do, do you still get that when you're out there, even even when you have, you know, um, grade A celebs on board, let's say? Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what does happen. We get a lot of, uh, everybody's comfortable. Most people are comfortable dimmer with the oil, yeah. but I get lots of ex-athletes drawing a line in front of vaping. And in fact, mm. um, they just can't, you know, some of them can't get ahead around that. Now, you know, I say to them, well, it's a help, you know, you, it, once again, it's all through it. The first thing I say is you've got to go and see a GP. This is, this is not, we try and decouple the recreational debate. Yeah. You go and see a GP, if yeah. your own preferably, but if you can't, go and find one. And Dr. James is really good, but, you know, they'll only give it to you if they think it's in your interest. I, I don't know about you, Dimmer, but the, the vaping is, is, a, uh, is, is a bridge too far for some people. Yeah, well, you, you've got to remember I've got a job that's quite public, so I, I get it more over the fence from the uh, the fans, to be perfectly honest, if we're about to at the office, so get the <laughs> dimmer and all that sort of stuff. But, but generally, most people I meet, like, oh, I've been, um, you know, the amount of people that stop me down the street and ask me the story and ask for recommendations, yeah. and people sort of, people are becoming more and more open to the fact that this is actually a general and bona fide thing that can help them you know one deal with pain but help them you know navigate through life through through these things so i think it's becoming bigger and bigger and um you know i'm really looking forward to, to where it actually ends up and and how much it can actually have help people not only in a like you're probably talking before with a with a reactive but a proactive type mentality to the to the medicinal marijuana also yeah definitely and i, th I think as well the um it also depends to some extent. I mean, I know we have these um, international bodies that that govern, um, you know, doping and the like. But it's, it's also it can be league specific. I think we touched on when we spoke with with Lauren on the podcast that, you know, in the NBA they've they've decided to abandon testing for THC. So I'm not saying that that's a leave pass for all of the athletes in there. But you know, I certainly haven't seen. Um, in the few matches that I've watched, it's not as though there's been some marked difference in in the standard or anything like this. So I, I think it is league specific. So I'd be interested to see what some of the big codes, um, whether there's a, a difference between them in Australia in, in how they govern things. But um, but just turning to, I suppose, the um, uh, 
the point you touched on earlier, Gemma, around focus or giving you back a little bit of focus and, and helping with um, stress and anxiety. Can you talk us through what that's like? Do, does your CBD use spike in September? How, do, how does it work? <laughs> no, it was funny because I obviously take a, a, a certain amount in the in the morning when I when I first wake up, but then I take another smaller amount towards the, you know, around three o'clock, I start to get a bit tired in my old age, you know, me and me and sticks are normally napping around that stage, but <laughs> you know, mentally I, I, I start to strain a little bit and I, I take a small amount just as a top up to, to, um, you know, re realign and refocus. And I, I found it works really, really well for me. Um, you know, once again, this was spoken in cons uh, consultation with Dr. Mark, uh, sorry, Dr. James, I should say, um, and just work work my way through it. But what I have found is, you know, through this whole period, my focus has been something that do, does wane from time to time, but I've found it more consistently, you know, refined, I think, when I've started on the um on the CBD. So I've been really impressed with with what it's done for me and and more importantly, my performance with the side. Mm. Yeah, we find that a lot of people report that um you know, it's it's kind of subtle at first and yeah. you, you don't really realize it necessarily. But then if you stop, then you're like, oh, oh, that's that's what I was missing. Uh, and is that kind of consistent with, with the experience you've had or? Yeah, it's funny because I um I recently went overseas for what is about six weeks and I um I ran it ran out sort of thing when I when I was over there and I noticed you know, pain first and foremost. My back started to to become more agitated, and um, I was on holiday, so I wasn't working as much. But I did become a little bit more agitated as well. But um, it was funny when I got back. The first thing I did was um, was get my prescription filled and and went from there. So it certainly is noticeable for me. It did take a little bit of time initially when I started the CBD for for it to kick in. Probably about anywhere between. I think it was somewhere between three weeks before I started to really notice mm. that, that with my back pain, I, I still have the rumblings, but I have nowhere near the acute pain that I previously had, which is which has been really important. But um, what I will say though is, even when I was away for a period of time, you know, it was four weeks before I really started to feel the impact. So I think there is a a build up there that it, it does sustain you for a period of time also well what i found anyway mm. and in the interest of a well-balanced uh, conversation let's say is there any uh, are there any downsides is would you consider that that fast or better recovery is performance enhancing in some aspects what, what are your thoughts on something like that yeah it's an interesting conversation it is it is funny because we, we sort of look at all things and you know caffeine and yeah you know drugs that allow you to do things when they're numbing pain and red ball sort of things yeah <laughs> so there's a lot of things that we do look at with regard to that that do sort of not necessarily get you above your level of performance but they keep you to your level of performance like i'm yeah. not going to be i'm not going to get smarter or anything by taking this drug i'm actually just going to be able to work to my potential more if that makes sense for a longer mm. period of time which uh which i think is really really beneficial and certainly helps me with my workload as well so ethically, you're on board, basically, is what you're saying. Yes, yes. <laughs> the, the, the curious question I've got is, you know, people are obviously talking about recreationalizing the industry and, and THC being available at your local vape store, let's say. I'd be very curious to know what happens then. What, what, what would you imagine the AFL's take would be if this was no, if this was the same as a beer, let's say? 
Yeah, well, I think it, it's probably a little bit like myself. I always like to be, you know, professionally informed. And, you know, it was funny. I was went to the, um, I was in the States recently and there was a massive line in um, in Manhattan. And I thought, oh, it must be like a superstar rocking up to to open like Taylor Swift or something like that anyway. I knew you were coming. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> certainly wasn't that. But it was actually the the opening of one of the first official, of oh, the first official legalised store um yeah marijuana store or something i'm not exactly sure what it was so it certainly yeah. wasn't swift but i think from from my own personal point of view you know the more you are informed with a, a professional with regard to this i think is is certainly beneficial and and probably and there's no question that's the path that the afl mm. will will go down as well yeah yeah i agree i, I think uh, i actually saw some of that fanfare some of the photos on on twitter and yeah i'm sure it'll be the um the first of many but yeah, you just, I, I I think it's always, you know, with these big sporting bodies, I, th- I think they generally, of course, they play it safe. Um, but once there's actually a, a, a change in the law, um, that just immediately removes the stigma. Um, and, you know, the I, I know there's been a lot of conjecture about the AFL's drug policy over the years, but even as, as recently, I'm thinking of, um, I think it was at Willie Rioli, West Coast, yeah. and it's definitely, he's, you know, one of many players that has had um, a so-called indiscretion with cannabis and all that sort of will look a little bit ridiculous um, when we move to a situation if, if cannabis is legalised. Um, I suppose, do you, do you find, um, do you find it that it's a topic where we are, you know, having been over in the States, do you think we are just a little bit behind the eight ball here in terms of the re- catching up with the rest of the world? Um, yeah, it's probably hard hard for me to answer. It's it's funny because when I, when I was over there, I think Kevin Durant. Um, well, I think he's a medicinal marijuana user, is he? Yeah, so mm-hmm. he's one of the best players in the world. But um, look, I think we're it's a little bit like everything. It's it, it's slowly, slowly, and I'm probably a little bit with sticks in in this one. You still with the sticks? Yeah, is there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> probably a little bit with sticks in this one. I think it will just take time. They'll speak to the right people, and the AFL are very good at actually anything that can. Can help people. I think they'll uh, they'll eventually start to start to implement within the game. I uh, agree. The um, yeah. I mean, just thinking as well about the leadership on this issue from yourself. Um, who else have you got sticks? It's. I think I've seen Chris Scott, John Longmire, Alistair Clarkson. Yeah. There- so they're all. We got lots of uh, shareholders in the company. Uh, football or sport. Trent Robinson. Um, mm. Uh, so we've got plenty of shareholders that, are, that like the sector and are interested in it. But our sport advisory board is um, Lauren, uh, Dimmer, uh, Alistair Clarkson, uh, Damien Oliver and Andrew Johns. Now, people, not many Melbournians will know Joey Johns, but everybody in New South Wales and Queensland does. And he's, hey, We all know Joey Johns. He's a pretty good player. Yeah, he is, and he's he's an even better bloke. But his his life has um, his is a fascinating story. He had all sorts of um, neck problems, and uh, uh, you know, yeah. And his life, he's he said it's not just a game changer; it's a life changer. So his advocacy is um, really important. I think that going back to the US, though, just just to be really clear, Australia's it is medicinal cannabis is legal in Australia and has been since 2016. It is illegal at a federal level in the US. Yeah. Medicinal cannabis. So we are, uh, you know, the TGA reports recently indicated a, a, a significant rise in in usage. It's um, 
you know, there are more and more GPs uh, and health professionals uh, with it. And, you know, in many ways, Australia's out the front. So, uh, you know, I try and decouple the discussion between recreational and medicinal because they really are different. And Dimmer's point's very true. If you see a doctor, the doctor will only prescribe it if he or she thinks it's appropriate and they don't always do it. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, going to a shop in, uh, in Times Square, you just walk in and there's probably not a doctor sitting behind uh, giving you a consult. So... Mm. I uh, I try and, and you know, all the jokes, I got the same thing when I took this job. Somebody asked me if the company car was going to be a combi. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it? <laughs> I've always liked combis. That's when I had the book. I had four sons living at home. Now I've got none and I ain't driving a combi. But, you know, so there's that humour. I mean, I don't like to be too straight, but the role that our sport advisory board uh, has done is given case study cut through and shone a light on the fact that it's legal. Go and see a GP. And for some people, not all, um, you know, can make a big difference. Interesting distinction, though, um, in, in the States, obviously federally illegal, but we're talking about THC there. So on the CBD side, you can actually get that in most OECD countries, most of Western Europe. You can actually just walk into Aldi in, you know, Italy or, or Switzerland and buy, uh, you know, CBD. That's, that's the, the really um, affordable CBD, I think. The, um... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but in terms of the, as long as it's less than I think 03 percent or yeah. something, you know, depending on where you are, which still theoretically could have enough THC in it to activate the CBD. Um, what are your thoughts on on a on a situation like that in Australia where CBD is freely available? Um, oh, it's going to happen pretty soon. I mean, there's yeah, it'll be over the counter. Well, when I say freely available, it's over the counter. So you, I mean, it, I think that. Practically, that is, you seek to the to the chemist or the pharmacist, and he or she will then go back and give it to you if they think it's appropriate. So it's not it's not like light, really light, light beer. Dim and I are old enough to remember, you know, when you used to be able to go and get a a light beer at like two or so percent in. Yeah, you used to be able to buy that at, at the deli. I'm on double zero six. That's yeah. how long. <laughs> yeah. But it's so that's that's you know. That's not going to hurt anybody. Um, but look, I, I, for some people, and Dim is one of them, uh, THC is an important part of his of his treatment, according to Dr. James. And you really do need to go yeah. and see a doctor to, to do yeah. that. Now, in the States, um, I think it's 40 or 50% of the state individual states have legalised it. Um, yep. You know, but that make that you can't transact the universities. And that's why we're, you know, we're lucky in Australia. We've got a... Um, uh, Pathway. Yeah, and, and the universities can do research. That's the key thing. In the US, they can't take federal government funding on the one hand and touch can proper cannabis research on the other. So the trial we're doing with uh, Peter Brookner, who I mentioned earlier, is because we can. It was legalised. Both sides of parliament were in favour of it. And, uh, you know, it's it's so in many ways Australia's leading. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's very true. I think we are in the medicinal. There's an enormous amount of, of research going on and, and, and partnerships in in the private sector i think the um yeah just the other thing to notice as well there's just the the sheer number of of you know authorized prescribers of, of medical cannabis has really yeah. um you know gone up in the last few years and i guess to anyone listening of course yeah as as sticks and, and dimmer has mentioned always you know speak to a doctor about um a potential treatment but um the good news is that there are now you know, a, a significant, nearly 2,000 authorised prescribers. So, you know, it's, um, it's not not as difficult as it was maybe five years ago to find someone that actually knows a thing or two about medicinal uses of cannabis. You know what, Dr. James, Stuart, Dr. James, he, he he's a GP, but he's all, he's told me he's almost exclusively 
medicinal cannabis now. A lot of those authorized prescribers are just doing it uh, almost as specialists and, and very yeah. little GP work. And they tell me, and I, I speak to lots of them, that it is so gratifying because a lot of their patients are at their wits end. And and mm. when I first got involved in this, there were, well, in fact, I, I've got, you know, my parents, uh, you know, friends that I've known are in, in nearly 80 are using it and it's a life changer for them. And we're all mm. living longer. There's no good living long if you're in agony. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the, a lot of these GPs that I speak to uh, get a real kick out of it. It's bloody hard work being a general practitioner, particularly mm-hmm. during COVID. And, yeah. and James is one of many that are actually migrating nearly exclusively to cannabis because it's, it, they tell me that uh, people, it's not uncommon for people to be breaking down and, and just so grateful that, um, you know, they've got a solution. And, yeah, and you think about chronic pain, three, two thirds of it is for chronic pain. So chronic, the definition is it's three months minimum. So you mm. wind the clock back to three months. What was that? Melbourne Cup day? Uh, mm. You know, <laughs> imagine being in agony uh, for, for that period of time. And the next, the flip side is that makes it very difficult to sleep. Um, and, you know, you, you're under stress. So, um, I, you know, yes, uh, authorised prescribers numbers are up. You know, so is uh, sales of, of you know going berserk, um, and you know I think it's um, it's only a matter of time before the driving rules catch up. Yep, that's that's just a joke, frankly. Yes, um, <laughs> and and three months three months on chronic pain is the minimum. Some of these people yeah. have been living in agony for for years, as some yeah. some decades, and, and they haven't been able to find that relief. And then and then all of a sudden this. Uh, and this is what GPs say all the time, you know, they're, they're like, I've got this new tool in my toolkit that I've been practicing for 30 years. And all of a sudden I've got this whole new drug that is giving people relief that they never thought they'd find for the rest yeah. of their lives, which is, which is phenomenal. And on top of that, it's also, you know, you're talking about 80 year olds or, or, you know, 50s, 60s, but, but we hear stories all the time of people who are one, five, mm. 15 with autism, you know, different, yeah. different conditions or, you know, muscle spasticity, which may have prevented them from playing sport in the first place. But now they're, you know, they've got a new lease on life because they're actually able to coordinate their, their limbs in a way that they're actually able to engage again. So, yeah. Um, and also just three, three months is the clinical, I guess, diagnosis. I, I find that, you know, just astonishing, especially in the context of, I went in for some shoulder surgery a few years ago and they gave me opioids as, as is so often the case yeah. to manage the acute pain in the aftermath and i remember the um the anesthetist saying to me don't be on these for any longer than about 10 days because you'll actually at that point start to trigger dependency in your opioid receptors um so that's yeah that's 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 really what we're dealing with in the landscape do you see that in the sport do you see people that actually unfortunately slip into a bit of a dependency state well, we're probably very fortunate in the industry we're in. We've got outstanding doctors. Like, there's no safer place to be than, a, than an AFL environment with regards to medical practitioners. So we don't necessarily see it in the game, but after players leave the game, because they've got significant <laughs> history and there is a reliance on, on these things. And I'm not going to lie, I reckon when I probably finished, it was like, you know, the dosage of – and I couldn't get my hands on the, the – things that I needed but the reality is I was taking more than excess of you know neurofen and these sort of things to deal with the pain which yeah. um you know is is not great yeah. um that's where you know CBD is so beneficial to the to the body because it is that natural product and it hasn't got that addictive um trying to think of the word sticks help me out that addictive yeah so um this is why it's just so important that people if they have got issues like these go and see a medical practitioner such as dr james to go through a process 
and mm. find out if this is the right product for them because it, it is is a game changer and life changing as well as I've figured out. Yeah, it's it's also interesting, you know, and we could do a whole segment on this, so we, we won't dive into it too far. But obviously, the sport is given quite a bit of uh, uh, airtime, let's say, to to concussions and MND yeah. and, and these types of um, conditions. And uh, I dare say, there's a lot of research currently happening, and obvious, and definitely, we know there's prescriptions going out for uh, for those conditions. And um, yeah, when you're talking about just the pain, then also cognitive conditions that that might you know spur on from a from ten plus years in in a contact sport, let's say. I think that that there's a lot of anecdotal talk about that. One of the things that when I first got involved, I remember ringing Dr. Harry Unglick, who's my just retired my doctor, used to be at North Melbourne and, and been around a million years, and uh, I called him and said, "What does the medical profession think about medicinal cannabis?" And his answer was immediate, huge potential, not enough research, and mm. I think that's very appropriate. The little bit I've um, learned is the is concussion and cannabis and research and potential. That's it. You know, depending on who you talk to, I read read a, a document that um, that a guy wrote from the NFL, um, a professor, a neurologist, saying you know that begging um, Commissioner Goodall to uh, fund a trial. He, he basically said you know the only way this is going to be done is you've got to fund a, a, a proper clinical trial and. and and uh, because it could help, in his opinion, it would help recover from and protect. So this was a profound document that he wrote um, and talking to doctors, you know, there's, but there's nowhere near enough evidence yet in that regard. And I, you know, I think, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's in the pathway. Um, and a lot of the doctors, I, I, we estimate 90% of GPs are waiting for that evidence and maybe five to 10 are already open-minded and there's 10% who aren't terribly, um, you know, supportive, the, the pain, college are, uh, are not yet fully supportive in, because there's not the, the evidence. Um, yep. So the, the trial we're doing is, you know, it's our formula. It's a chronic pain. Apparently it's the only one of its kind on earth. Phase two, randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled, proper trial mm-hmm. that will be submitted to uh, peer review. And um, we're going to start that this year. And Peter Brooklyn's doing it. So, uh, you know, that, that's it's a pretty big um, step for us, but it's it's answering responding to what the medical profession looking for demanding really, which is proper proper gold standard evidence, and that's it's mm. expensive, time consuming, and um, there's not much of it. And that a lot of that goes back to the US. The, all the heavy lifting typically is done in Europe and the US because they got the market. And the fact that there's this federal prohibition has given Australia a little little window. I was going to say it might end up being that we end up doing that sort of much needed concussion and. And medical cannabis research here in Australia, um, yeah. just with with the, the landscape that we're in over here, gents. We know you're, you're busy, so we'll we'll wrap up. But I've one last one for Dimmer. Mitch and I are um, long suffering Essendon tragics. Um, might we see you back at the club one day in some capacity, or uh, you're pretty comfy and tight? You've used it for your own personal desires, here, Andrew. <laughs> and company time, no less. <laughs> Oh. You're muted, mate. This is this is his No, I'm not. I'm to gag sticks oh. you in. <laughs> <laughs> even, even better. Every time. Every, we'll have to we'll assess the hey, tape man, after to do, we'll do a bit of lip reading there. I assume you were telling us about the year that you'll be returning to the club. So uh, <laughs> thanks so much, guys. We um yeah, really appreciate your time and your insights and really love the leadership that uh, you guys and, and Levin Health are um are committing to on this. Um, you know, we certainly believe in it. We're really grateful for your advocacy. Absolutely. Can I just, uh, before we go, just um, ask Damien if you can tell us about, was it your first game uh, at, at against the Pies Anzac Day and you ran out 
tiny, scrawny, little insignificant <laughs> and played on Tony Shaw. Tell the, the audience and the boys how you were greeted by, <laughs> by the, the Collingwood faithful. Tony Shaw, the Collingwood captain, uh, one of the most yeah. pugnacious opposition. And he, how did he respond to you running out in the middle of the well, MCG? It was quite funny, you know, but back, back in that day, there was quite a bit of panting going back and forth. I remember Hawkey running out to me and he just literally started laughing. He said, they cannot be serious. <laughs> That's I good. Looked, I looked around. I said, what, what do you mean? He goes, you. <laughs> I am Tony Short. You. So anyway, it was, yeah. oh, <laughs> it was an incredible, uh, incredible feeling, but he's one of the great men to, uh, Oh yeah, so uh, yeah, fantastic fella. <laughs> it's it is amazing though when you see the the new draftees. They have their first first year, and then all of a sudden, in about year three, they they suddenly sort of bulk up a little bit. And you sort of forget just how, you know, how little they are when they first come into the system. But um, no, many yeah. many fond memories watching you back in the day, Dimmer, in the uh, the red and black. Yeah, sticks. How many games did you play out of? Uh, <laughs> okay, so I played thirty-two games for North. <laughs> yeah. In my day, our day, the average player played thirty. So, <clears throat> All right, so after you played Veteran. the game, did you did you pull your shorts up that little bit high? Because <laughs> your shorts were that high when you played. Unbelievable. And I used to have my socks uh, high, up, pulled up, and I I, I wore a long sleeve jumper. There not very few things as attractive as a North Melbourne long sleeve jumper. Um, yeah. By the way, it wasn't even at your house too. By the way. <laughs> another story got to go gents no thanks so much guys appreciate your time we'll um we'll look forward to speaking again soon been a pleasure see you guys cheers Cheers, lads hey guys andrew dowling here mitch kurtz and thanks for joining us for another episode of the podcast make sure to hit like and subscribe to stay up to date with all that we have coming all things old men yeah that too okay